That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 257 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. Beautiful blue sky here today. In this episode, I am going to be sitting down to chat with Tim Althred, who I had on as a guest on my live episode last night. We did this interview about a week and a half ago, however. Now, my guest has a rather unique footy story. He didn't grow up in a footy family, but a relocation uh, to Melbourne sparked a family interest in the game, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have him on board, and we'll be jumping into our conversation in just a moment. Now, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that if you want to get your local footy club getting a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note via email at my email at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. Reach out to me on Twitter at yank underscore on. You can reach out to me on Facebook, a Yank on the Footy podcast, or on Instagram, a Yank on the Footy, or you can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook, look for Craig Wessels, or you can head over to my website, yankonthefooty.com, and you can leave a message there as well. And while you're there, I do hope you'll consider subscribing to the mailing list. And if you've been listening for a while and you want to take a couple of minutes, I would greatly appreciate it uh, if you could leave a review for the podcast. It helps to uh, give me some more street cred, if you will, with prospective listeners because... There are a few of us here in the United States that are uh, that absolutely love your game and are uh, you know doing uh, a yeoman's work. And I actually was a yeoman when I was in the Navy, um, promoting the game here, but also trying to connect with uh, other Australian uh, supporters. So if if you if you love what I'm doing and you could take a minute and leave a review, that'd be absolutely awesome. That would be a huge huge help. I would truly appreciate it. Now, today's club of the episode are the North Sunshine Roadrunners. And this is a club that was recommended to me by my guest. He has friends who were involved with this organization. The Roadrunners were founded back in 1967 as the Crossroads Football Club. And it's actually in one of the newer clubs since they began in 67. And they began with uh, under 9, 11, and 13 squads before growing to where they are today with their first senior side in 1979. Now... Based upon their club's About Us section in the club history that I found online, they claim to be one of the most diverse clubs in the western suburbs of Melbourne. And based upon the information they provided there, I think they are probably right about that. Um, they mentioned that uh, they had done a, a survey of, of the athletes on one of their teams. Um, and this, I guess, has been a couple of years ago. So it may have shifted a little bit. But uh, the players identified... Uh, with 15 different nationalities, which is just, it, it's it really, really impressive. Now, this Saturday, the 29th of April, the Roadrunners are going to be facing off against the Suns. And the following Saturday, the 6th of May, the club is going to be hosting their first 80s iPod shuffle night at Dempster Park with the doors opening up at 7.30. And if you want to get a song played, I think it's going to cost you 10 bucks to do that. And they encourage you to wear your 80s attire. And the best dressed will win a prize. I do want to wish the Roadrunners the absolute best going into 2023. Now let's go ahead and jump into my chat with uh, Dr. Tim Althred. I really, really enjoyed this. We touched on some uh, subjects that, uh, well, one is kind of near and dear to me because it's kind of that fish out of water thing. And the other one, to be completely honest, 
was not something I was sure I was ever going to be addressing on the podcast, and I, I think we had a great discussion about this. So let's go ahead and jump on in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest this episode has a unique footy story. He's somebody who uh, did not grow up in a footy family, but uh, a relocation uh, helped to spark a family interest in his interest, and I'm absolutely thrilled to welcome Dr. Tim Althred to the podcast. Sir, welcome for and thanks for coming on this morning. Thank you so much, Craig, for having me. Really appreciate it. Love Absolutely. the podcast. So I, I'm very honored thank to you. actually be on. Thank you. Well, I, I truly appreciate that. You're you're talking to some guy sitting in a closet. So that's uh you know, <laughs> but uh I appreciate <laughs> and this is you know, we, we had a last week we had a rather lengthy conversation on on Instagram that we got into a couple different topics that I that we're going to touch on today and they're they're uniquely different from one another but one kind of parallels some mm. things that are that are happening in the game today that and this one's kind of maybe on the periphery of it but the other one is is simply the fact that you have a unique story that that you didn't grow up a footy fan but now you are a passionate supporter of your club and we'll get into who that is in just a moment and as you said your club helps to keep the lights on, which we'll get into talking about here in, in a few minutes as well. But uh, you took a rather circuitous route to becoming a footy fan. So can you share with us your origin story? How did, how did you end up getting to become a footy fan and, and who do you support? Mm, give, yeah. Um, give us, give us the background here. So, well, yeah, I, I was born in Sydney, which is, uh, not a footy town what, whatsoever. Um, the, yes, there are a couple of clubs, but the predominant sport that people watch and attend is the NRL, which is the National Rugby League. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I kind of didn't grow up supporting that, given that my father was a more of like a, a North Shore schoolboy, which is in terms of the demographic a little bit more. Uh, snooty in a way okay um, although he's not like that at all uh but uh he didn't go to private school or anything but the 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 uh the sport that we kind of followed and grew up with was rugby union which is on the face of it quite similar but quite a different sport um rugby union is you know played in more countries Mm -hmm. than rugby league uh it's quite a a broad european sport um whereas rugby league is predominantly english or australian okay now um, would, would new zealand fall yeah. into that category as well then rugby rugby league uh is still played in new zealand and they do have a team which is in the national rugby league so new zealand have a team as part of the Australian league. Okay. Um, but their predominant sport is rugby union. Okay. So, so what is, um, can I ask, you know, because I, I have no clue about this. What is the major difference between the gameplay or the rules between the two of them? Well, <laughs> it's quite funny. The, um, the rule book for rugby union is like a phone book size. Mm -hmm. So there's, it's a very complicated game with lots of laws. Okay. Um, so they don't call them rules. They call them laws. And 
the reason they do that probably is just because you have to have volumes of books and be quite a student of the laws okay. um, in order to understand exactly what the calls are and what's going on um, because it's very particular. Rugby league is on the face of it a much more simple game um, in terms of its rules, much easier to understand. Okay. Um, and probably why it's more liked generally than than rugby union. Okay. Because it's rugby union is, is hard to get into. You kind of have to maybe it's people who grow up with it more who support it. Um, but in New Zealand they they that's that's their thing. They they absolutely love it. They um they they're the best at it really okay. um, in many respects. And and the islander islander folk as well, they they that's their predominant sport. But you know, because I um, also have this French connection, my mother being French, they they know about rugby union very much. So it was kind of like one of the things that we could all, as a family, understand together. Um, because she came came from the south of France, where it's it's played, and they have their own leagues and okay. things like that. And we would watch the French team play when they play against Australia and watch the rugby world cups when it comes every four years, which is, you know, still one of my favorite sporting, uh, spectacles. Okay. So, um, but yeah. How did you, how did you so, find, how did you find yourself getting to Melbourne? Because, you know, you, you've had it, you have a very yeah. interesting background that we're going to get into a little bit as well that, uh, but how, how did you find yourself going from Sydney to Melbourne? So, uh, from Sydney, when I was about 11 years old, we moved to Wagga Wagga, which is still in New South Wales in the same state, mm -hmm. um, where kind of footy was more widely played and watched, um, but still was kind of in the background in the mix of the rugby league and the cricket and the, and the other bits and pieces that they, like Wagga Wagga is such a sports mad place. And then after that, we moved when I was a teenager and I did high school in Melbourne, um, where it was a, a large culture shock in a way uh, because everyone was footy mad, like kids were mm -hmm. had their teams. And um, at school, there would be like the, the footy day where everyone would bring their scarf in from home and, you know, mm -hmm. you would be able to tell who... who where everyone's allegiances were on that day and that kind of thing and you know kind of tease each other about it and, and you know and as at, a that, kid, at that, like at that point that, yeah. at that point you didn't have any allegiances right at the outset did you well i kind of had a default allegiance to the western bulldogs because we moved to the western suburbs and okay okay it, it was just just based on locality whereas my friends they supported all different teams um some of whom were Western Bulldogs, but at the time, um, in that kind of early 2000s time, it was, uh, the Western Bulldogs was like the wooden spoon, the lower team. Um, so it was kind of like, yeah, okay, Western Bulldogs, but, you know, not because they were doing super well or anything. <laughs> um, and then, so I did my undergraduate degree in Melbourne 
And after that, I took up an opportunity to move to Sydney um, on my own to uh, to do a PhD at the university there. Uh, and I kind of there rediscovered rugby league. Um, okay. So I'm a big South Sydney Rabbitohs fan as well, um, as as is the Prime Minister of the day, uh, Anthony Albanese. There you go. Um, yeah, and uh, and you know they have a similar similar story in a way to the the Western Bulldogs, who is my AFL team. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and I'm a you know hand, head over heels kind of uh, diehard fan now of the Western Bulldogs, but equally so the the uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs because they both had this you know underdog story with fight back and. Um, coming out of the brink of collapse and and using members to to redevelop the the team and then they're both winning premierships eventually after that. There you go. So, um, yeah. So the, it's quite a a nice a nice little story to be to be part of, even though it was much later in life and I wasn't part of you know families who were involved in fight back or or supported. Right. teams before these so before these issues started so do you do you feel as though you've been you know because in in a way your 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 story is is there's a, a small kernel of a connection to me becoming a footy fan so late in life yours came a lot yeah. sooner yeah but you but have you ever felt like an outsider as a footy fan because you didn't grow you know you didn't grow up with it and have the uh you know be able to go back and see the uh you know the, the photo in the hospital where your first membership card is 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 tucked into your nappy, that sort of thing. Is that have you felt like an outsider yeah, because of that sort I of mean, thing? Yeah, I think so. Like to to some extent, yeah. Because um, after being in Sydney, uh, I actually found people who were interested in the Western Bulldogs um, who were from Melbourne in my. Then, uh, so after, after I did a PhD, I did a medical degree, um, and I found people from Melbourne who were diehard Bulldogs fans, and we went to games together in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So we we would uh, go together to to the Greater Western Sydney games and watch watch the Bulldogs play them. Well, you know, sometimes win, sometimes lose, and feel the heartache of you know not making the finals some years and things like that. Well, but, um, but look, look at the bright but, side. You know, though. It was an, Look at the bright yeah. side, though, when you're going to GWS to watch games. You, if if your club doesn't win, you don't have the opposing supporters sledging you for your club not winning because nobody's showing up at their games right now. So well, yeah. final series, people were showing up. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah. They were they were absolute, you know, hard asses. Oh, yeah, us yeah. You put you put a you put a winner you put a winner on the yeah. field, people will show up. Yeah, 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 and and you know. Once Toby Green got started on mm-hmm. on you know bashing our guys, we were just feral. <laughs> I bet. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was a good time. And um, now that I've moved back to Melbourne to actually get a eventually a salary to going and things like that, that I could actually afford membership. So I did it on my own. Um, okay. So. So like yes, yeah. My friends who, you know, bought and brand Melbourne have had their footy teams 
all their life, you know, they they paid for their memberships through their parents. Mm-hmm. And they've, their parents have, you know, either continued that because it's kind of maybe their family thing to do together. So right. they just get a family kind of uh, sweep of, of the memberships at once. And then they would just continue that on. Or some, some of my friends, um, when they were born, they were put down for um, the MCC membership. So when they got theirs, you know, uh, you know, through their teenage years or a little bit later, right. then they would have MCC membership. Um, so, yeah, I think as a, I've only had membership for four years mm-hmm. to my club because that's, that's when I moved back to Melbourne. Okay. Um, and, but I've, you know, progressively developed uh, a deeper a deeper love for the for the club um not only through you know seeing more and more games when i was living in sydney but um now that living here and also my wife working with the foundation for the western bulldogs we're both together right right um, it's something that we can do together now as well so uh she was never a footy fan mm-hmm. we've been together now 18 years so since high school so we've gone through the, on the journey together through our education and moving cities and all these things together. Wow. And she's really found fandom now moving back to Melbourne um, and, and uh, now working at the, at the community foundation. Well, it, and, and I want to go back to, you know, you saying you've been a member now for four years, but I, yeah. And, and while, while, all you know, everybody who's a support who's been a supporter of their their club, whether it's Richmond or St. Kilda or Carlton or whomever it happens to be, who's been a supporter since since birth or maybe since conception. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how it works. It's not, I mean, I don't think conception is actually taking place at the membership office, but who knows? But yeah, uh well, but, well yeah, our, our uh, sex cells have little scarves on them down here, so they they compete against each other. There you go, but but it's, you know, it's, do they, do they, do they, I, I was going to, I was going to say, I, I would think that you have to just be so darn proud of that membership because, you know, you made the decision to become a Bulldog supporter. You know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily foisted upon you where once you became, you know, c- you know, cognizant of, of the world and, you know, your parents and grandparents yeah. said, well, we're all Bulldog supporters or whatever the case may be. You made that decision. So you know it's it's kind of like a yeah. badge of a badge of honor with you, and 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 the fact yeah, that the fact your that, wife is working with yeah. the club is is awesome as well. Yeah, but you know I think there are certain people who be you know like yourself um, who would be understanding of that, whereas there's a certain section which would call me a bandwagon because I became a member after we won. A premiership in 2016 so you you can never win basically so there's well, some people who would say that's really cool and good on you and, and whatnot but there, there are certain people who would say well you haven't been through the the really tough times so you're not a real supporter which but, is you know that's their opinion and yeah and, and again and that's where you have to just kind of just you know just let you know let that you know be like water off of a duck's back when, when somebody says that to you, because, you know, you, 
you didn't make you didn't decide where you were going to be born you know yes yes you decided on what university to go to when you went to sydney but i think that sounds like that was a fantastic opportunity for you so it made sense for you to do that but you were following the club there and you know you know you you were you were a college student at that time so you you know finances as a college student are at a point in time or something where you 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 don't necessarily have a lot of disposable income where you can just go out and and get yourself your your out of state membership for the the club that you've adopted you're thinking okay i need That's to be right. able to yeah. i need to be able to you know buy enough ramen noodles to survive next month and you know for school That's exactly right yeah um yeah so yeah it's it, it hasn't happened that much but it's mm -hmm. certainly something that has come up um i don't know whether one day i might challenge someone on that point but that's really we're there to enjoy the footy so yeah i'll just let the, let some of that slide it's not a a great personal attack to me that someone might think or say that but um you know one day there might be an opportunity to say hang on you know these exactly as you say those points well so, and, yeah, and, and, and and who knows who knows maybe someday <laughs> one of those one of those people that is uh is is giving you grief about you know not being a a bulldog supporter for your entire life i mean I, and, and i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and toss out a name that we mentioned off air i'm gonna i'm gonna toss out the name of frode jernhart frode's only been mm -hmm. a, a, a he became a bulldog supporter in 2016 he kind of he be started following the game in 2016. They happened to win the premiership that year. I would challenge. So he's a lucky man. <laughs> I would I would I would challenge. I would challenge any bulldog supporter to tell that man you're a bandwagoner, because I, I he would call bullcrap on that. One well one he's not going to have to do that because he's got such a great relationship with bulldog supporters. But but the, the the fact is that 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 man has maybe done more than just about anybody else who is a member to support that club. And he's doing it from the other side of the planet, because I know for a fact that he has every year, at least a half dozen different memberships that he buys from the club, at least a half dozen, mm -hmm. because every year I get a couple of the member stickers from the club that he sends to me that I put on my desk in my classroom. So I know he has plenty of them to go around. So I, I, I think you, while it may be frustrating, you're like, you know, I can't, it's, it's kind of, it's, it'd be kind of like, uh, you know, which they don't have the trade, they don't have a, like an in-season trade period, but if they did, let's say that a, a player got traded from, you know, the team that's going to win the wooden spoon. Let's just say, let's just say that we go back to last year that, you know, Todd Goldstein got traded from the ruse to the cats to come in and, you know, do a, a better job mm -hmm. than Reese Stanley at, at the ruck position. And I don't know if he would ever not, but. That been people people sledging on him going, well, you're not a true cat because you know you were with you were with the Ruths earlier. And he gets to look at him and says, yeah. What direction are my blue stripes pointing right now? They're 90 degrees different from mm. where they were. I'm a cat now, I'm not a Ruth, so lighten up. Mm. Yeah. You know, so I I, right. I, yeah. I I think uh, as much as it may be frustrating to you, I I I'm hoping that 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 you just don't let it bother you. That's right. I mean, I just have to ignore it. And, you know, when I'm sitting right next to someone who has said this at the game, mm -hmm. I just focus on the game and focus on the people that I do want to celebrate with and commiserate with and not that person yeah. who I literally was sitting next to. <laughs> no. So, 
Yeah. Now, with with your membership and with your wife working with the club, I mean, when when the games are being played at Marvel, do you have pretty much do you have the same set of seats for each game? Uh, well, I I'm a paying member on, in my mm-hmm. own right, so regardless okay. of whether she works there, I can still go. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, we would only go together when it suits both of us for whatever reason, and. We can go together uh, with, we can get nice seats with the rest of the club uh, uh, employees and, and people like that. Okay. Um, when we go together, but I've been many times in my own right, I would, you know, when I have visitors from Sydney or whoever who are interested in seeing a game, then I would take them with my membership. Um, so, uh, I mean, she's only been working there a, a year and a half okay. or so um so i i definitely have my own membership um in my own right and she gets a free membership but she would equally um if she stopped working there and moved on somewhere else she would definitely then pay for her own so okay um and yeah so we would sometimes have you know nice seats or or something else or different seats or we'd like to sit with her work colleagues Mm-hmm. So we sit all together in that in that regard. Um, but yeah, it's we see we see uh, a lot of the games at it Ballarat as well. Mm-hmm. You aware of Ballarat being like yeah, one that's... and a half hours west of Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that's where the yeah, that's where so the, the AFLW team tends to play their games. Correct? Uh isn't it not necessarily so it, it, they would play a few games out there okay. but uh just like the men's team um they play also the men's and the uh, the, the aflw team will mm-hmm. play locally um but the yeah so we would have some more involvement out out at ballarat because they need the people power as well and sometimes we would um be involved in kind of like the proceedings of the event a little more like okay um and help out with the various engagements that they have to do and things so michelle is accredited to be on field and interact as part of the event side of okay. things as well that's awesome um so that's nice yeah yeah it is nice um especially because we both love the club very much yeah i mean this is so it's, we're happy to volunteer our time for that it's mm. it is it is just and I, I think I mentioned it to you off air that I and I I say this all the time. I I, I do think that there is a, a a a love affair that goes on between supporters of clubs and their clubs. And I think it's a it's a two way street because the clubs don't exist without the supporters. And in in mm. in theory, the supporters don't exist without the club, because you know what else are they going to do with their their time? You know what else? How are they going to you know? You can you know. Mm. You're not going to be watching, you know, sport here in the United States because a lot of that's gone downhill lately, which is one of the reasons why I'm so glad I discovered footy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with my club, I have a sense of ownership mm-hmm. towards it um, because being a paying member, it pays for the salaries and it pays for the building and um, it feels very open to engagement with members. Um, like we would attend the AGM when we can and all, all 
all of the events is is you know available to us mm-hmm. um, as members. Uh, but as a side to that, you know, with Michelle being um, paid by the community foundation that the, the Bulldogs run, then they also keep our lights on. So we're very grateful for that too. <laughs> um, so- and you know, it's such a, a nice, a nice feeling that both where my wife works and where um, we both enjoy our entertainment for the weekend is, is you know, one in the same. Yeah, that's, um, that's most a great people wouldn't agree, wouldn't agree well, that that would be a good thing. Has it? Because has it's not free, ha- then yeah, that's great. Hasn't happened at my house yet, you know. I've, I've, yeah. You know, for those of you, for those of you who have not listened before, I did, I did a. Uh, I put out a, a something a few weeks ago, you know, my wife who's never watched a second of footy and I took it, you know, I took a, a unique approach. I, 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 I found a couple of articles from several years back where the, you know, a couple of different clubs were training out on the beach and such. And there were, there was, there was Hawthorne, you know, out training and there was, you know, you know, Jager O'Meara, you know, out in his budgie smuggler training on the beach. So I found these articles and I sent them to her and I thought, you know what, maybe this will get her interested in watching the game. Did not at all. Um, yeah. But, you know, so she said, well, I'll watch one quarter of a game. So I, I asked people, well, what one quarter of a game should I show her? But And then I thought, you know, I really would like her to watch like one of those little quick, like five minute things on like, what is the AFL? So she had a bit of an understanding. And then she said, well, I don't need I don't need to know the rules. I'll just watch a quarter because I'm never going to watch anymore. So I'm at the point now, where I'm like, the heck with it. I'm not I'm not going to force <laughs> the issue. OK, it's. Uh, well, it's, yeah. Yeah. I was a bit more subtle with my, uh, with, with Michelle. Um, yeah. You know, we, she grew up in West Footscray, which is where the club is based. Mm-hmm. And her family was not a fo- footy family at all whatsoever. Uh, her dad has this story of, so he's from Malta and immigrated with her, uh, his wife, which mm-hmm. is Michelle's mom um, in the seventies. And uh, they came over to Australia and, you know, it would have been a huge culture shock for them, et cetera. But then I think they felt the culture shock most when he went to the footy with his colleagues at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, this is a violent sport. I cannot go to this. The people in the stands are feral. Like it would have been horrible back then. It really would have. You wouldn't have taken your wife or your kids there. But nowadays it's a totally different kettle yeah. of fish. It's quite a family-friendly sport. Um, so he just wrote it off, basically say, I cannot watch this because he, he would have seen, you know, people throwing you know, cans of beer at each other's heads and, and all sorts of rubbish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of wrote it off and they were never really interested in it. And because of my, you know, peaking interest over time in mm-hmm. footy and then eventually becoming a member and then eventually bringing Michelle to games. And then us, I think where Michelle became most involved as culturally in the sport was through the women's game um, because it's a relatively newer um, spectacle. Uh, it's more widely um uh, open to fans of different cultures, uh, genders, um, mm-hmm. sexual orientations. Um, 
AFLW was a very welcoming place for all, much more family friendly than the um, men's game, um, according to some, um, much more accepting that uh, women could support a contact sport um, or be involved in contact right, sport. Right. And uh, it was something that, you know, her and her fr- some of her friends would really enjoy going to the the AFLW because of those reasons and because of the culture and seeing something and supporting something which well, they just naturally agree with seeing. Yeah, and the thing with the Bulldogs is that um, you know, you know, at the outset, you know, you know, Coach Burke has done a great job with that club. You know, from you know, with yeah, him and we love Becky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. So I think, you know, her peak in, in footy uh, had been through this kind of maybe the more women's route, mm-hmm. going there in the summertime, going to the club in the summertime. And then I was just, she was looking for work when we moved back to Melbourne. She done all sorts of kind of odd jobs with the university because um, she is a, a researcher, has a PhD. Um, and then she'd wanted to move out of the research area and was looking for work. And I just was Googling away and I was like, Oh, scrolling through Western bulldog stuff. Like I always was doing. And I said, Oh, look at this job. You know, um, there's community foundation that Western bulldogs has. They focus on health and wellbeing of people in the community. And it was kind of in line with her ethos and what she wanted to do with work. So, I encouraged her to apply and, you know, we were there both working on her cover letter, her application, um, so that she would just have the every chance possible to get this job. Um, not, not, not like I would normally do that, but because this was such a nice opportunity and I just love the club by then. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, she has then developed even further, engagement with the club because of incidental you know engagement in a way but also finding it on our own yeah i just pulled up on my other screen i just pulled up uh the uh the foundation page which i will link to in the show notes so you so people can check that out and see the kinds of things that they do uh because it's you know Mm. and i know that every club has something like this but it's just it's just awesome to to know that you're, you know, and this is where it's such an interesting situation because, you know, you, you kind of feel, you know, that, that, you know, people are giving you grief about you being a bandwagon supporter, you know, Johnny come lately, if you mm. will. And then you're thinking, you know what, mm-hmm. my family is, is, is putting our money where our mouths are because, you know, not only have I become, become a supporter of this club, I, you know, my spouse is is working for this organization as well i mean so that you have a lot of vested interest in this club that maybe and i don't know if that's something that you know i don't know if that's a, you know uh you know uh you know that that fifth ace that you pull out of your sleeve when you're playing you know texas Hold'em and go boom there's my fifth ace i just won you know that that discussion because i'm able to mention that but i mean you've got something that that not a lot of other people have sure people are members but they're not also members and working within the club as well i mean you're in a very unique position which is which is really really kind of cool well yeah i'm very proud of the work that she does 
and proud of the club that that actually engages in this kind mm-hmm. of work um because yeah i mean we we work on community health and well-being from different angles both of us right so right I, I work i work in the local hospitals as a doctor and um we we tackle health and well-being of our communities from both angles she wants to keep people away from hospital and once i see them once they're in hospital so well and um, and you, and you want to get them to the yeah. point where they're ready to, or they're ready to leave also you know so it's but yeah exactly right go back to the community and yeah so um out in the west we we have a a demographic which is disadvantaged um to some extent lower social economic status um, but we're a very proud and supportive community at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. we we lift each other up. Um, we we make sure every every neighbor that we have is okay and um, that everything can be done to to improve people's well-being um, and to be welcoming to others um, from overseas as refugees or as new newly arrived Australians or right right any sort of any sort of um, demographic so and that's that's what the community foundation does is is they they run programs to support the health and well-being of people um of these groups older younger youth groups um immigrant groups they're done in their languages that they understand in the culturally safe manner from peoples of those communities mm-hmm. um so incredible work and incredibly rewarding she comes home every day going i'm exhausted but she goes to bed at night you know saying you know this is something that's positive but it, it's a good kind of exhausted it's it's a good yeah. thing she she you know she yeah. she's it it was a, it's a rewarding thing for her i mean and it's and i think that it would have to be the same thing as you being a physician you know yeah me me being a school teacher um you know when when i come home you know there are some days where that you know the, the school day is over and it's like, well, not much went well that day. But there are also days where you have things that click with kids, you know, because you know I've had thousands of students over the years, and uh, and you know I I I have kids that have you know have struggled, you know, that school is not their thing and that type of thing, and it's just uh, mm. it's it's just when you see them have success you know, in, in, in school and then have some success, you know, in life, once they've left school, it's just, it's just, it's really neat to see the kids that, you know, that have gone out and, and gone on to do great things. I mean, and I, and and I'm, you know, I teach mostly kids who are 16, 17, some Mm. are 18 in their last couple years of high school. So I see them right before they're heading out. So it's not, you know, my daughter's training to be an elementary teacher so you know her kids will not be done with school for another eight to ten to twelve years after they've been in her class so that's going to be a while before you see the the final results mm-hmm. if you will so i get to kind of see what happens right at the tail end and make different kinds of connections and even some like elementary teachers make but there have been some phenomenal stories with with you know kids that uh that i've had and of course there have been some there have been some horrific ones also i mean i had yeah you know, i've mm. it's i've my first year teaching this and this is this is the absolute truth. My first year teaching, my first period class of of my first year, I think I had eleven students in that first period class, 
first year of teaching back in 1994, two of them ended up being convicted murderers. Two of them are wow. in, pri- in yeah. two of them are in prison for the rest of their life for murder. So I, I I look at it now and I'm thinking things cannot get that bad ever again. I mean that I got I got that that awful situation out of the way. First class, first year teaching. I'm not going to have to worry about that sort of thing ever again, you know, but um, mm. yeah, it's, it was just, you know, one of them has been in, in jail since he was like 22 and he's not, el- he's not eligible to get out of prison until to get paroled until like 2045. So he'll, he'll yeah. be like 70 years old before he's even eligible to try to get out, to get an early release. The other one is never getting out of prison. He's going to mm. be there the rest yeah. of his life. So, but you know that they're, they're, that level of that level of you know social hardship is just unimaginable. Yeah, it's really? it is yeah. it's it's crazy because I, you know, and I and I I tell the kids that I have in class now I say you know guys, you know what we have issues we we have things that we deal mm. with we butt heads from time to time I said but you know what you're never going to top my first period class in my first year teaching. So, I mean, I, I I'm not concerned about you. you we're going to be fine here. We're going to get along. This is going to be great. Cause that's not going to happen again. Knockwood. Um, but mm. no, it's not going to happen. I've got, mm. I've got great but, kids. So what, you know, because you have this, uh, social, these social issues within your community, what, mm-hmm. what do the sports teams do to try to address this? Well, uh, you know, is, we, are there things that are kind of equivalent to what I was saying about we, what we have here? Not, or? not really. I mean, you know, we don't have, we don't have, you know, the schools all have basically their, like their school teams, like the high school where I teach at, you know, all, all of the local mm-hmm. high schools will have, you know, football, basketball, soccer, baseball, volleyball, cross country running, track teams. Um, you know, you know, for boy, for boys and girls, most of the sports, you know, some of them are girls only sports. Some of them are, are, you know, football is a guy's sport, but we have men and women's mm-hmm. soccer, you know, track basketball or men and women's mm-hmm. swimming. But, but it's, it's a, it's, it's in a way it's kind of clickish because it's, it's, it's that school, you know, you know, they're representing that school, but that, and that's one of the neat things that I, the things that I find so fascinating about, about footy is those local club those local community clubs because you'd mentioned that you were yeah. you know um you mentioned that you had moved to, to wagga wagga at one time and i and i that name rung a bell with me and i i looked it up real quickly because i had and i i think they played in the same uh it was like the ovens and something league with uh, i interviewed somebody from albury from mm-hmm. i think the albury tigers yeah. who was associated with that club i think they play in the same league um yeah. of footy because it's right there on the uh yeah, the border between the the two states. So they they kind of yeah, you know, and those those local clubs, those are those are community clubs. I mean, that's something that the whole like small town, depending upon where it is, or that certain that neighborhood in Melbourne or that neighborhood in Geelong, it's something that 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 whole community can coalesce around. And it and yeah, it kind of happen it kind of happens amazing. with high school sports here, but it but we don't have anything that's like the local clubs like like that sort of thing. Mm, okay yeah um yeah now that you mentioned the local footy and how important it can be like um when i was living in sydney 
uh, I had this friend who uh, brought us out to Bathurst to visit one of her friends and we are all mutual friends together. And Mm -hmm. we went to her local footy club and uh, they're called the Bathurst Bush Rangers. Okay. And she played in the women's team and uh, they nickname was affectionately the lady bushies and they uh they really owned that they really owned it and you know it was kind of a time when yes aflw was in its nascence but Mm -hmm. um people were still dealing with the fact that women were playing a contact sport like afl right and being rough and like you know going, oh, that must have hurt, but an equivalent tackle in men's were just like, oh, you know, that's all part of it kind of thing. So it was nice to see people that I knew play this sport Mm -hmm. um, who were, you know, in in it because they love it and because they want to grow in in ways that they probably couldn't have or their parents couldn't have. Right. Um, to gain confidence, to 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 run at each other at full pelt and make those tackles yeah. and the marks and and fall to the ground just like just like their brothers did. Yeah, it's um, and and one of my other friends who's this small uh, Vietnamese girl who probably weighs forty five kilos <laughs> did the same thing. Um, yeah, she, she played for the. North Sunshine Roadrunners. Okay. Um, and you know, developed an interest in sport full stop just from that. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a never a sporty kind of person, but liked running. So she was good on the footy field. Well, footy is definitely a place to do the running when you when you figure that you yeah. have, you know, some midfielders yeah. are running, you know, 13, 14, 15 kilometers a game, which is just, you know, yeah. Crazy. So she she would be a pioneer for her own daughter um mm-hmm. is is not even a year old now um you know saying you can you can do whatever you want be as strong and as fit and yeah as as brave and as confident as 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 the boys yeah which i think is such a great message now you know, we we've talked an awful lot about you know your your family, your relationship with footy. Now, I, before before we wrap that up, have you been able to get your father-in-law back to a game? Uh, getting my father-in-law out to anywhere is kind of a thing because <laughs> okay, he's, he's 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 very insular and set in his ways, but he does ask about it, and okay. uh, and uh, he he probably will come to a game one of these days. I think, yeah, um, but it will be. To get him out anywhere, to, even to a local restaurant, is an ordeal. So, um, and you know, it's not not the most relaxing time for for the wife and I to do so. So, okay, we'd rather well, do that together and have a few beers and not have to worry about it. Okay, or or bring take <laughs> or bring take take out over to the house. Hey, we picked this up for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. so well, we we would we definitely watch, and he's watched the grand finals before on TV and stuff like that. There you go. For him to go to a, a game with 40,000 other people would be a lot. Okay. Well, and that's fair. That's, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping that <clears throat> I'm hoping to do definitely do that myself, but uh, you know, at some time in the near future, but you know, 
We talked about another completely different issue um, when we were chatting the other day on the, the 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 message board on Instagram, and and you know you shared a, a link links to a couple story or to a story, and I I looked at the the story from the vantage point of Fox Footy, and it was it's it's something that that I had been a little reluctant is the right word in terms of you know broaching the subject during the podcast because I I I, mm. I certainly don't want to do it a disservice at all because you know I'm not I, I um you know you know Gil McLaughlin was was being interviewed and uh you know where he and the, the headline from the Fox Footy article is you know that where where he said I can understand you know gay players in the AFL choosing not to be first out um Gil McLaughlin mm. says publicly you know so and I know this is this is a a kind of a real difficult subject to 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 talk about and to broach, but you know you you brought it up and I, and I and I I hadn't really thought about it, but you know the article goes on to talk about as as we mentioned you know off air when the the women's comp came into existence, the mm. you know it was kind of like a it was kind of like a a group effort where you know people who were identifying as part of the LGBTQ community. I'm I'm probably leaving a letter or something off of there, but um that they they kind of they kind of came out en masse. It wasn't, you know, yeah. it wasn't yeah and and or maybe it had even already been, you know, that person had already their their sexual identity had already been um uh, known before the AFL began. So but it's 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 kind of being you know it's kind of difficult being the uh, you know the the pioneer if you will being the first person to do something you know it, it's like you know the it's like you know, yeah yeah I can't um, can't even imagine but yeah the the AFLW I guess set out to to make that point of difference I guess mm -hmm. um, and be from the outset very open and I think this is why there's a huge following of non traditional AFL followers who went to the AFLW and say, this is, you know, a place where I feel welcome or my friends would feel welcome. Mm -hmm. So they, they might've seen the men's game to be quite a male dominated, uh, traditional conservative, if not bigoted area of the game. Whereas they might've seen the, uh, the AFLW as much more, open and accepting and if that fit within their world ethos then then they would go to it and support yeah. it and put their money to it yeah. um so if you've ever watched they're quite interesting documentaries from you know amazon prime and and disney plus the the mm -hmm. documentaries about the aflw they're, they're they're much like the drive to survive kind of documentary on netflix um and you see like the real faces behind it and how they've, you know, yeah, uh, struggled with these issues and things like that. And then you look at the men's game and you go, wow, that's a totally different culture um, for various reasons. Maybe there's still conservative undertones or um, well, masculine, masculine ideals that they have to still live up to and all sorts of things. But Gillen has said that he knows that players that have different sexual orientations from mm -hmm. from uh, from heterosexual, and 
he knows that they've come out to their to their, uh, to their teams, teammates, yeah, right. To their teammates, but they, no one is being the first to to come out to the wider public, which is either an indictment on the public or the way that the organizations are set up or well, whatever, but, because there are so many other areas of sport in life where yeah. this is not an issue, like in other sports. Yeah. But I, but I think that you, you also, I think we also have to tip our caps to the teammates of those players who have made that known within that circle. And that they've not mm. they've not leaked that out and they've not, you know, that's not made it to the public airwaves to some reporter or something like that, you know, that they've not betrayed that trust. So I I, you know, and you know, I, I was gonna ask you, you know, do you think there is a correlation between not wanting to be the first person to come out and and self-identify and proclaim that yes. I am, I am gay, you know, or, or whatever the case may be that, uh, you know, we've seen just in the last couple of weeks with, you know, the, the, the comments made towards Jamar Yugo-Hagen, um, yeah. the ones towards, you know, towards, uh, Charlie Cameron and Isaac Rankin here in the last week or so, um, you know, the, the number of times, you know, that Eddie Betts, you know, had horrible things said to him, Nikki Winmar, Adam Goods. I mean, this has been, you know, when it's been a race driven thing, and and again, we, you know, Gil McLaughlin is saying that he knows that there are gay players in the AFL, and that that's fine. I great. And mm. when they want to announce that that they are that that that's the life that they're leading, and that's what they choose to to do, more power to them because it's it's not our place to say yes or no. It's not our place to say well, you need to let everybody know about whatever it happens to be at that point. It's it's none of our damn business, quite frankly until they want mm-hmm. to tell somebody and maybe they, maybe mm-hmm. they never tell anybody, you know, I, yeah, I, um, but I, I just wonder if there's, they're concerned about hearing that from fans, you know, who maybe are just there to be maybe a little bit disrespectful or looking to try to get mm-hmm. under somebody's skin, you know, because that's right. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, because again, I don't, I don't know who these people are that are saying things to Jamar Yugo Hagen, but you know, are, are is that person actually a racist? I don't know. Maybe, or are they saying something to try to get him off of his game so he doesn't go out and kick five goals against that person's team? I don't know the answer to that. I mean, is mm. is this something where they're trying to just you know get under that you know get into that person's head and and mess with them so they don't play at their at their peak performance? Yeah. I, and and I, I think and, and neither one's I acceptable. Think, I don't think. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the I think what has been good about the response to Jamara's issue was that mm-hmm. the response was very clear. It was very concerted, um, and it was all singing to the same tune that this is never acceptable. Right. So, exactly. I think it re-challenged, like this comes up every now and again, and it re-challenged where our society is and where what progress we have made and what is yet to come. Um, and I think across all issues of diversity, um, we could we will be able to see whether uh, progress has been made on many different fronts. So 
Um, there are lots of people in Australia, and I'm sure this is the case where you are, that uh, there's no room for politics in sport is kind of like the the catch mm -hmm. cry. Um, right, right. But I, to I totally disagree because I think sport is an important part of our society, especially in Australia, and um, our society is reflected in those sports. Well, so what we do to help each other or who, which kind of people we're happy to accept and or not accept is in, then reflected in exactly what we say and do and and what the policies are yeah. around these well, issues. And, 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 I, you know, and as we talked about you know, in our discussion last week, I'm kind of in a unique situation here that I, I've not mentioned on this, this show before. You know, I, I have a cousin who is in a same-sex marriage. She's been married. Uh, she and her wife have been married for 25 years or so. Um, but what is even more interesting, if you're if you're listening here in the United States, you know, the way it well, first of all, if you're listening overseas, if you, um, you know, with us being a republic, when same sex marriage was being debated, discussed, that sort of thing, marriage laws are a a state issue. States get to decide on on marriage laws in terms mm -hmm. of like, you know, age when people can get married, that sort of thing. You know, there there was a time in our country where interracial marriage was was not legal in the 19 early 1960s yeah. in the state of virginia there was a supreme court case uh loving v virginia that finally overturned virginia's ban on on interracial marriage but many states had legalized same-sex marriage it was happening it was you know probably 40 percent of the states had already legalized same-sex marriage but if you got married in state a your marriage was recognized as legal in state B, whether or not same-sex marriage was legalized in that state, the way our constitution is written. So your your marriage was legal at there. At the federal level. Yeah. yeah. At the yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was it was legal in the other state. But there was a push here in the United States to to basically have the federal government, you know, kind of get involved in this. And there was a uh court case that ultimately got heard by the United States Supreme Court uh, that basically compelled all of those states that had not yet legalized same-sex marriage to legalize it in their states without their voters having or their legislators having decided to vote on it. And what is really interesting about this is this case is a case, and you can look it up online, called Obergefell v. Hodges, and the, mm -hmm. the name of the, the, the plaintiff and the defendant. And what is interesting is that the Obergefell, a gentleman by the name of James Obergefell, is the uncle of the teacher who teaches in the classroom right next door to mine. So his uncle. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. His uncle, you know, was the the he and his husband were the ones that pushed this case into the Supreme Court mm -hmm. and the courts legalized it across across the United States. You know, so mm -hmm. it was happening here, but just not at the speed that 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 people who were wanting to see it universal across the country were thrilled about. They wanted to see it expedited. Um, and I'll mm -hmm. put a link to the, uh, um, I'll actually put a link to, I'm going to put the name up there. So I remember to do that. So if you want to read on, read up on the case, you can do that. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes as well, because I have that case bookmarked on my computer for, for my, cause I teach government and it, you know, is one of the yeah. I teach four sections of government each day. So it's been it's been interesting. But you know, I just yeah, you know, we have had, you know, 
there have been many athletes here in the United States who have come out uh, mm-hmm. openly and identified as 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 being gay or lesbian, and there there are others who have have not until after they've retired. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got you know, you know, Jason Collins who played basketball in the NBA was in 2013. He was the first NBA player to come out and say that he was gay. That's in 2013. Um, Michael Sam, uh, who played in the NFL for a very short period of time when they were getting ready to, just like the AFL draft, they were getting ready to hold the, the NFL draft. He, he came out as gay right before the draft happened. And mm-hmm. at that point in time, if I'm not mistaken, he, I don't think he even got drafted. Um, he ended up signing as a free agent with, with teams. I don't think he ended up getting let me check here real quickly because I don't. Oh yeah, he got picked in the seventh round, so in the last round of the draft, so he 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 might have. You know, had he, and I'm not saying he should have done this, but it may have scared some scared some teams because they the the team might have been concerned about you know how is this going to get accepted by our fan base because yeah you know so some teams maybe decided not to draft him until until later on. Um, you know, he played for the Los Angeles Rams and Dallas Cowboys for a little bit. And then he played in the Canadian football league for a year. Um, but then, uh, there's, there's one player in the NFL that's playing right now, uh, by the name of Carl Nassib, who has come out, uh, as gay. He's the first person that he's the only player that, that is currently playing this announced that he is, that he is, that he is gay, but yeah, but you've been, you know, a number of, you know, athletes in soccer and swimming and other sports and ones that I sports that I don't necessarily mm-hmm. follow. So I, I'm not really sure about who all of them mm-hmm. happen to be, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm politically, I'm, I'm more conservative, but I don't, I don't care what, what I'm probably more libertarian mm-hmm. about a lot of things. We're just, you know, as long as you're not hurting me and you're not hurting somebody else, do whatever the mm-hmm. hell you want. Yeah. 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 I just, I just, it's, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, but I just, I don't, uh, yeah, mm. I don't really care. I mean, I, I think the world of my, mm. co- you know, my cousin, you know, it, you know, she's, you know, they, they're a great couple. They, you know, they get along famously. They're mm. you know, living happy lives and such. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, in, in Australia, there was a NRL player. So again, a very, masculine support you know mm-hmm. these guys are, are built like your nfl players huge right, right. huge shoulders and things like this um he's ian roberts he came out um in the like the 1999 or something mm-hmm. and he was the first australian sports person i think to come out full stop so yeah. there was a huge media storm around it and then, you know, the issues around fans and all this stuff was then explored. Um, I think it would be in the AFL's interest to maybe, now that Gillen has come, you know, in the media to say this kind of thing, maybe mm-hmm. there could be a way for many players to come out all at once so that they're not the first. Um, so that they could do a similar thing where it's in numbers and then people will realize actually, you know, it's not about clubs. It's not yeah. about individuals. It's it's actually an issue that they want to step forward over. Um, and 
you know, it, with the AFLW, it's just shown that there's a whole demographic of the community, either allies or people who identify, mm -hmm. um, who are going to games and are putting money where their mouth is yeah. to yeah. that game because yeah. it agrees with them culturally. So they could actually appeal to this, all these other people who want to follow the support, the sport, but don't because of cultural differences or or whatever. So yeah, it's. I think you know if if AFL was AFL men's was cool again with this whole yeah. demographic of allies and and people, then maybe they'll actually do better in the end. Well, let me let me ask you this question because I, I don't know if the you know with the the gather round happening in Adelaide right now, I, I wonder if yeah. this did this story happen this week because all eighteen clubs are in the same city at the same time. Is this, you know, I, 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 and again, you, you mentioned something that was rather interesting there. Maybe this is something that's been going on behind the scenes that this, you know, you know, everybody keeps saying, you know, the Gil, you know, Gil Swan song is happening. Gil stepping aside here pretty soon. He's going to go do something else. And, you know, he's going to, he's leaving pretty soon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we mentioned Monty Python early, earlier, you know, Gil, Gil stepping away from his job is an awful lot like the, the knight who's running towards the castle and the, in, in the Holy grail and the two, <laughs> the two, the two guards are standing there and they keep watching this guy running towards him and he doesn't get any closer. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I wonder, and this is, this is, you may have hit on something there that is it there, is be. there an announcement that's going to be coming at the end of the gather round? And I'm speculating wow. here where, where maybe this, that this, you know, these athletes in particular that you're referencing. And again, I don't know if the clubs who've already played have stuck around in Adelaide or if they've gone home. They've probably gone home. So maybe I'm just talking out of my my left ear here. But, you know, maybe they were going to have that group of players make that proclamation at that time because they, he had kind of set the table with it, with that with that article that came out earlier in the week. I don't know. Well, yeah, that that that's an interesting speculation. And, and I think um, <laughs> it would be that would have been a good opportunity to do it if they had been organizing in the background. but. Um, who knows? Yeah, yeah uh, I think maybe it could be a legacy of Gills in the end if he is wanting to progress the yeah. the culture of the game a little bit further. But you know, we've yeah. just been sitting here talking about ten minutes about this thing, and you know, it is in the news. And you know, you talked about you know changing the laws and stuff. It is politics. All of this is yeah. politics. To yeah. It is. It, it, it absolutely it's is. It's funny to say, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny it's, to say that that sport and politics are not one and the same in a way. Well, it's uh, it has been it has been interesting because you know we've we've had here in the United States, and if you're listening in the United States, you know about this story. But one of the the largest beer brands in the United States, and Anheuser Busch. Yes, well, but Bud Light, yeah. but Bud Bud, Bud Light, Light yeah. just this past week, Bud there, there's this 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 uh, uh, person by the name of Dylan Mulvaney who has decided that 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 he's that he's now going to live as a a a woman now, and had just reached like the one year point of it, but Dylan has been signing all sorts of, um promotional deals where he's promoting a lot of product and such. Well, 
An- mm. Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light, Bud Light is uh, is kind of the 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 beer of you know the person that works at the 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 steel mill or that works on the you know that works on the farm and finishes you know finishes the you know the fourteen hour shift in the farm and goes and has two or three beers and that sort of thing. Well, which is hilarious for us because light beer in Australia is considered a wuss's drink. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but yeah, but it's well, but but they they have they have they have made they have made Dylan Mulvaney their spokesperson for Bud Light, and the the marketing director for the company had basically said you know that their that the brand name had been kind of uh, had been kind of um, losing market share, and they wanted it they wanted you know they, they you know and then Bud Light had been kind of the beer of you know of frat boys and, you know, people telling, you know, off color, politically incorrect jokes and this sort of thing. Well, in the last mm. week and in the last week and a half, Anheuser-Busch, their stock has lost like $5 billion with a B dollars in value mm-hmm. because people, because of protests and boycotts and that sort of thing, like $5 billion yeah. worth of this because people are pushing back against it. It's just, it's, and, 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 and it's been interesting because you know he he has been, and that's where the that's where the, the that's where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. it's about the cash. Yeah. So if, well, if the AFL here is worried about sponsors and stuff, yeah, then it actually will have the opposite and even greater re- response. I think that people yeah. will go towards the brands You're, that I th- I are think, aligning with clubs. I think that, you might be right. Supportive. I think yeah. you might be right because the other. I, I think that you know that that the AFL AFLW is in a much better position for that than the NFL or Major League mm. Baseball. Um, despite you know the efforts that are made here, I think that they're definitely more in line and prepared for that sort of thing happening. But it's you know, mm. you know, but it's just because yeah, it's, it's, it's go ahead. It's amazing that we kind of still have a. A don't ask, don't tell kind of mentality, like you guys did in the U.S. military. Oh yeah, we did in the men's game. Yeah, and, and you had that repealed. So, you know, Bush put it in. That, no, so it was Clinton that put it mm-hmm. in, and then Obama took it out. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, because it but was that, that was around the same time that marriage was an issue, and then then you know the the service service people could actually. Um, marry and openly marry as service people as well so yeah 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 because yeah. i i, so I, I kind of pulling all that yeah all that in, in at the same time yeah yeah because i i spent four years in the navy back in the 1980s and my son is an officer in the navy t- at the moment so he's been in since 2019 so he's been in a little over four years now uh or almost four years now um incredible yeah yeah but uh <laughs> so that was that was a really heavy subject that i i wasn't sure if i was ever gonna uh, you know approach that subject or broach that subject on the podcast but i i think we did it a a a good service i I think we we were very respectful of of the issue i i you know like i said i was i was a little concerned about you know even talking about that subject matter on here because i didn't you know I don't know who it may alienate, may not alienate, whatever the case may be. But I think we handled that with the uh, the decorum that was that was necessary um, mm. for it. So, 
Do you want to get into some some lighter subjects before we wrap this up today? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. So go ahead. Okay. So these, yeah, we 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 kind of touched on these subjects beforehand. So you knew what we, those other ones that we had talked about here. You have not seen these yet, but uh, um. Oh, I'm I'm both scared and excited. Oh, they're not they're not that bad. These are there. There's no wrong <laughs> answer. Okay. There's no wrong answer. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. who was the great? I I don't want to say footy player who's the greatest athlete that you have ever seen perform in person um that's incredibly difficult uh i would say now that jamara's kind of image is kind of burnt in all of our collective consciousness <laughs> now it's just incredible and to see to see him play as a, a young man who came the first his first game for the western bulldogs uh-huh uh that was incredible because there was such a not well there there always is a level of hype um with new players coming in who show promise and things but you know, when it's your club with a, a young man like that who represents no. the club in such a positive way and who plays so well and is, shows that promise and uh, you learn more about his culture, where yeah, his family yeah. is from, through people like that. Exactly. You yeah. learn about the, the wider issues through people like that. And the fact that he's just amazing on field mm -hmm. um but he's still got a lot a long way to go and a lot of development to do right yeah see um, i i would and, i wouldn't then, know much yeah like i wouldn't know much about that because I'm, I'm a cat supporter so bringing young players into the side i don't know a whole lot about that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um but you know uh with libertari's 200th game yeah um, I've always found him to be an incredible athlete and such a strong personality on field and off that um, he's basically the lifeblood of our club because his father played, mm -hmm. um, who who won a Brownlow medal um, after fight back and as the club was kind of getting its feet again. Yeah. Um, to have that history behind him as well as him in his own right, having his own personality and um, fight on the field and off. It's just, he's amazing. I've never seen a mid midfielder get on top of both ball and other men mm -hmm. as well as him. Like he, he comes running from in from nowhere, gets his head over the ball without fear when his mates are in a tuffle, he's the first one there. Yes, yes, he defending is. them and and pulling yep. others away. And yeah, I just, I mean, every club has this one guy who does that, but for me, it's it's him. Yeah, and of course, Marcus Bontempelli is just an incredible athlete and incredible leader. And when he has the ball, you feel safe. And <laughs> that's a good way. That's a good way yeah, of putting just, it. That's a good way of yeah. putting it. So yeah. Um, he had a, you know, off and on years the last couple of years, but he's looking pretty good so far, I think. Well, he, he, I when think he's it, on fire, the whole team's on fire. Yeah. 
I think he was nicked up a little bit last year too. I don't think he was totally healthy yeah. last year. Yeah, no, no. I think they continued to play him, although he wasn't 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the fact so, that we did did okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> didn't make it to the... To, to, to reach the pinnacle, but, uh, you know, we did, we were doing okay the last few years. Now, you know, I, this just popped into my head here, but you know, as a physician, when you're watching, Mm. when you're watching a game and you see, you see something occur on the field, are you, are you sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I I know this is probably Mm. what happened to him. Yeah. I mean, the the beauty of um peak performing athletes as well as the team around them it's that it's hard to tell exactly what's going on or what's mm-hmm. what's what's the issue but clearly it was one of his feet um maybe he had like a a stress fracture or something that he was he could never heal because he was still playing basically right right um who knows what was going on but it people were commenting that it's probably one of the feet um but yeah with acute injuries uh you know acls and and sprains and ligamentous tears and concussions and mm-hmm. rib fractures and all these wonderful things that happen on field you're like this is cool <laughs> and this is what i would do if someone came in with this issue but i've seen footy players who come to hospital um after their saturday game uh-huh. uh you know with ankle issues they think that they've broken things and we x-ray them and pat them on the head and say no it's okay it's a sprain you can just you know ease off for the next little while and if you continue to have pain then see your doctor and you know take some rest time off the footy field for a while and that kind of thing um so yeah it's been fun to see it from both sides i guess but you know the professional elite athletes they don't come to our hospital they go to the private physicians and they have their own doctors and they um, go to the private hospitals, not not the humble uh, local public. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe yeah. may, maybe someday both husband and wife can work for the Western Bulldogs. Hmm? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. oh, I mean, I, I'm absolutely <laughs> enamored by uh, Dr. Zimmerman, his uh, long-standing um, team doctor. And that's that's the gentleman with the really the that's thing. the guy with the really bushy hair, is it not? Yep, and, and the big and mustache. The really yep. awesome. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what what inspires you in life? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just I get a huge kick out of um, seeing people do well, helping others. Um, I just. When when you see someone's face light up when you arrive and you're there to help them and you help them to you know, ease their pain or their suffering or mm-hmm. or whatever whatever it might be um, whatever is going on in their life if you're an empathetic ear then you can do wonders with people and you know I get as much out of it as maybe they do um, so I don't do it for only altruistic reasons right yes right. i get a salary and all that stuff but i get a huge kick out of people who come to me and say i need help with this and i do whatever i can to try to get them there okay okay um this one's this one's a complete this is a completely different 
angle this one's coming from. Okay. Mm-hmm. You have just been given the opportunity. You've been put in charge yeah. of scheduling a concert at Marvel Stadium. Okay. <laughs> what 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 three acts do you have coming in to perform at your music festival? Well, isn't that just funny? Because one of my favorite bands of all time, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, came to play at Marvel Stadium just before the footy season started. Okay. So they were part of the the whole furor of oh, we're seeing all these concerts come into Marvel Stadium and is the turf gonna hold up? Mm-hmm. So there was we had uh Chili Peppers, Harry Styles, and Ed Sheeran all in like one period of like a month or something just before the footy season started. And I was fortunate enough to go and see them there. So I'd see them again. I would okay. invite them back. Uh, and another American band, which I have not been able to see in my life yet, um, is Pearl Jam. Okay. Um, I love Pearl Jam. So kind of, I'm a bit of a late 80s, early 90s kind of American rock Nothing wrong um, with that. Fan. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And probably the third one, uh, the Rolling Stones. Okay. Because okay. I've never seen them before. And uh, I think before they all pass away, yeah, yeah. Um, it would be, Let, it would be amazing. Be, let's just be honest. Keith, Keith Richards is going to outlive all of us. Okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. My yeah. dad, my dad is a huge Rolling Stones fan. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he was able to see them in their prime of their life. Okay. And uh, yeah, it, it was, it'd be quite something to see them. Now, after, <laughs> after the Red Hot Chili Peppers performed at Marvel, do you know, and I don't know if you would know this or not, but you know, you know, with your wife, you know, kind of working with, alongside the, the club, do you know, did Marble Stadium actually then spray for fleas? <laughs> <laughs> you know, flea is from Melbourne. I did He's not. From Melbourne. I didn't know that. No. Yeah. He was born, he was born to an Australian family. Okay. Um, and he moved to the, to the States when he was quite young, but he, he spent his early childhood in, in Melbourne. Awesome. I, I, I had no clue. Yeah, I had yeah. no clue on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I last concert I got to was February of last year. And it was mm-hmm. uh Ghost and Volbeat. Yeah. So Beyond Me, sorry. Oh, well, <laughs> you know what? If 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 you like if you like Pearl Jam, if you like Red Hot Chili, you might actually like you might actually like mm-hmm. Volbeat. You might like Volbeat. Um okay. uh, yeah, Ghost. If you if you just listen to the music, you'd think, okay, this is a pretty interesting band. They're scary to look mm. at. It's a scary band to look mm. at, but the music is very poppy. It's a it's very kind of almost like an eighties hard mm-hmm. rock pop kind of vibe with their music. But they they uh, they there's a, there's a little bit of uh, Alice Cooper meets Slipknot combined in the terms of like their stage presence, if you will um with them that sounds right up my alley you know yeah you would i'll I'll send you a couple i'll send you a couple links for them yeah so yeah (laughs) okay so what is the best and the worst advice you have ever been given in your life um i think the best advice had come from my parents i guess uh like the golden rule 
just mm-hmm. do unto others as and um, yeah it's just something that has just rung rung true so much throughout my life like always being there as much as you can to help others and be be empathetic to others struggles and things like that and because you know if one day you found yourself in that situation you would have people who come to your side um so that's one of the one of the things that you know we've grown up with um worst advice ever i don't know uh hmm I don't know. Sometimes when I take my own advice, it can be really bad. (laughs) The wrong choices in life. Okay. Um, So, but you know, my, uh, my friends and family are not, uh, not scared of telling me what they think. And sometimes I come around on what I think because of that. Yeah. And that's, Mm. you know, I I have in, in my classroom, I have uh, like 450 quotation quotes that are printed out on like individual pieces of, of like mm. Xerox paper that are hanging on the walls around my room. And the one mm-hmm. that's hanging, the one that's hanging and it's kind of what you just said about your friends there. Uh, it's, it's, it's the only one that's printed in, in color. And I found a font that almost looks like it has dripping blood on it. And it's, it's an Oscar Wilde. <laughs> quote. It's a, well, it's an Oscar Wilde quote that says true friends stab you in the front. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and I and I I I tell him I said that to me I said there's here's all these other inspirational political quotes that sort of thing cynical things that are up there as well but I said to me as a kid as a teenager I said that one to me might be the most important one that's there because it's it's all mm-hmm. about how you treat your friends it's how about how about how you expect to be treated by your friends that mm-hmm. sort of thing and it gets back to like your golden rule do the right thing if you will I mean it's 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 along mm-hmm. that you know being decent to one another mm. you know but yeah sometimes being decent to one another is giving people the hard truth and right exactly um and and saying you know you're doing the wrong thing with your life and yeah that kind of thing but because they're your best friend then you respect you respect exactly. that and then it exactly it, you can get those wake-up calls in yep. life yep mm. okay we're back to one of those things with three i've got two more questions for you um I think I might know the answer to the last question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. But uh, what three movies do you think everybody should see? I'm not a massive film buff, but um, I would say one of my favorite films of all time, which is, you know, commonly quoted around as well, is Shawshank Redemption. That's just one of the greatest all-time films, in my opinion. Filmed about um, forty. That's a good film, one. Filmed about forty-five minutes south of where I live. Yeah. Wow. That was amazing. That was filmed about about forty miles away from here. Amazing. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. In uh, fact, in fact, before before you go on, in fact, you know, with you being a a Pearl Jam fan and Red Hot Chili Peppers, there's a this this is one of those things you may want to put on your bucket list. Every summer yeah. here, every summer here. They do a huge three-day music festival there. It's it's based hard rock metal festival called, and it's and it brings in like dozens and dozens, and I you may not have to go there to do this, but it has dozens and dozens of tattoo artists from all over the country. It's called Ink 
incarceration, like for incarceration, they have this yeah, huge, con- yeah. they have this huge concert called incarceration at the old prison because, and what's <laughs> interesting is that the new prison is right next door. Yeah. The new prison is right next door to it. Um, right next to the, the, the one that Shawshank was shot in. So that, yeah, that one may quite, need, that may need to go on your hey, bucket list. Yeah. I've not been to that like show you. yet, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Um, the other two, I don't know. Mm. There's a lot of like uh, Australian film, which is quite nice, but you know, does it, is it life changing? Maybe, I don't know. I guess one of the, the other films that were, was really amazing was, um, Oh, what's it called? It's a Japanese anime, uh, Light of the Fireflies by Studio Ghibli about the uh, dropping of the bombs over Japan. Okay. Shown from a child's perspective. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty amazing film. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I usually like these kind of, you know, sentimental films, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So last one before we wrap up, what are you, what are you most proud of in your life? Um, probably my wife, really. Um, we've good answer. (laughs) We're no, seriously. No, no, no. I, I, no, I'm being sincere. That's yeah. Yeah. yeah, That should be it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, because we, we don't have children yet. So then, um, well, we may never have children. We're not, it's not on the cards at the moment, but, uh, the, yeah, I mean, she, we met when we were 17, mm-hmm. so the last year of high school. Um, she gave me the, the kick up the butt, I guess I needed to actually do well academically because she knew that I had brains, but didn't have any motivation and she has both. She's got brains and motivation, way smarter than I. Well, and um, and ev- evidently very pointy shoes because having a PhD and also your medical degree, yeah, she definitely she definitely got you motivated there. So that's that's awesome. Yeah. So like she, yeah, because she did so well academically because she was motivated. I think that kind of inspired me to do the same. And then mm-hmm. going through my undergraduate degree and then PhD, and then then she was. Re- then thinking about doing a PhD while I, I had already started mine. And so we, we just been such a good influence on each other to, to do well and to work towards something that we feel like is, um, that makes us happy. And then that makes us feel rewards because we're both out to, um, try to improve other people's well-being and, and help others as much as we can. And, and we're both very fortunate and grateful that we're able to get a job out of that. Well, and, and it's, it sounds like, it sounds like the two of you, you are a true partnership that it sounds Mm. like, it sounds like that, that, that each one of you is the other's biggest advocate. Yeah. I mean, because we've both studied for such Mm -hmm. a long time, there's been times when I've been working a job and she's been studying, not 
earning a salary. So I've su we've supported each other mm -hmm. as we've flip flopped between working and studying over these years. So uh, I think that's something to be proud of. Yeah, absolutely should be. Yeah, it absolutely should be. Because that is we we've done it together. We couldn't have done it without each other, really. Mm. That is awesome. That's awesome. Mm. And and you know whether or not you decide to you know to grow your family you know if you decide to do that someday i i i'm supremely confident your kids are going to be awesomely successful as well because we'll probably just get uh more cats and dogs and ducks <laughs> and other other ducks. animals to look after and okay well why not okay well how far Once we have well how far out the <laughs> suburbs are you if you have ducks i mean it's uh no i no 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 uh so I live basically one kilometer from the center of Melbourne. So our view is of the Melbourne city. Okay. Um, so we're, we're not in a position at the moment, but you know, when we have other houses and yeah. you know, yeah. nice holiday houses and things, then maybe we'll have there you go. the opportunity to uh, have more of a farm. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Tim, I do appreciate you taking time out of your your Saturday morning. I know there's a a, a huge round of footy. You've got the you know Bulldogs are playing. Are they playing later today or is they playing tomorrow? I I've kind of lost track of later which, today. When, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Port so Adelaide. And, be a big game. And you know, and I I wondered, and I, and I guess it's probably good that you've got Collingwood and St Kilda coming up as the last game of the round because that's going to be one heck of a matchup. But I would, it almost would have made sense to 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 bookend Adelaide and Port Adelaide at the opposite ends of the the whole round being played in Adelaide, but mm. they they didn't let me make that decision, so they they forgot to consult mm. me on that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been interesting to hear the commentary around like the home game stuff and and everything around this, and most people are. are Actually, quite actually, yeah, people are divided on whether the Bulldogs would get one up on Port Adelaide yeah. this weekend. But because of what they've seen with Adelaide doing so well, uh, and because of the hype around the the round, surely the momentum is with Port Adelaide this weekend. Well, I, and I, 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 I did tip Port Adelaide to win, but not by much. Mm. Um, but as I'd also mm. mentioned, you know, I, I, I tipped, uh, North Melbourne to, to beat Brisbane this weekend too. So I usually, I usually mm. do one. I just, I just have this sneaky feeling that, that North is going to get it done today. I, I don't know why I just, I just do. Um, yeah, I, I may be wrong, but, uh, that's okay. And as, yeah. as I, as I will say every once in a while, please do not take my advice on this. Cause I don't have a clue what I'm talking about, you know? Don't think, oh, you know what? I want to go ahead and get, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and try to turn my mortgage payment into three mortgage payments with this bet. No, don't do that. Don't, don't, nah. don't do, <laughs> don't do that. Because I'm, I'm, I'm the wrong person to, 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 you know, and first of all, don't do that anyway. Yeah. But uh, it's just, uh, you know, I, yeah, and I, I talked to a number of people who do a lot of, you know, a little bit of wagering here and there. I've never placed a bet on a, on a game ever in my i've never mm. been in a casino in my life and i'm almost 60 years old uh just ne that's mm. not something i've ever had the inkling or desire to do i know some people mm. enjoy that sort of thing mm. but uh i don't uh yeah not something, I, not something i would necessarily want to do 
So yeah, but like tipping. The one thing I love about footy is that tipping, especially at the art, the start of the season, mm-hmm. like you have really no clue what's going to happen. Like who would have thought that St Kilda, Carlton, North Melbourne would be in the top set of teams? Yeah, like and and Geelong would be at the bottom. Right. Like no one would have thought in their right mind to do that, and you would have been laughed at if you'd well, said any such thing. But now look at it. Yeah. Like that's what that's what's good about the game is that, you know, it's well, there's a le- lot less predictability in it. Yeah. And it's what happens on ground at that time, and that's yep, why it's exactly. so exciting to watch. Well, I mean, last year, you know, I'm I'm a cats over at la- supporter, but last year I tipped the cats to finish sixth on the ladder. I didn't I didn't have them, you know, making a prelim. You know, I just did. I didn't think they. I thought I. I bought into the quote unquote too old, too slow thing, and I'm glad yeah. they. Pro- I'm glad they proved me wrong. Most people did. Yeah, most people did. So, um, yeah, it's incredible that that's why the stories of when when clubs win the ultimate prize is so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you live for. Hey. Yep. Well, and especially for somebody that like me that that has had. Uh, you know, seen, you know, seen one local championship in my lifetime and it's not even a sport that I follow. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. But Geelong had been doing so well anyway, like making finals every year. Right. Right. Not, so it's just, yeah. Yeah. They're great to watch and they're my second team and yeah. my dad follows the Geelong cats. So yeah, it's the, they're an incredible team. Well, I've got hanging up on the ceiling above me here. I've got the, posters from 2007 2009 and 2011 of the the grand final posters from the herald sun hanging up on the ceiling above me here mm-hmm. so um and then the premiership one from 2011 with the, the cat with the flag there from the herald sun as well um, mm. right next to it you know and a 2011 pennant and uh indigenous flag and you know it's yeah. just i mean it's there's and uh eight, 18 empty jars of vegemite up there too so Absolutely love it. Amazing. Absolutely love it. I have a fun, a fun grand final story, I guess, if you want to. Go for it. it. Yeah, go um, for it. We'll close out with that. So, like, in in, in 2021, uh, you know, we're coming out of very harsh uh, living conditions with the lockdowns and stuff with within Melbourne. Some of the harshest and, on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was a tough time. Um, it really was. And there was an excitement around our local area about the Bulldogs making the final and, you know, people watching at home, making their own little parties with the people that they could gather with at the time. So mm-hmm. that for me, it was, it was with my wife. Um, and, you know, in the local area, everyone was abuzz with, with footy fever. Um, there were murals being painted on on blank walls of each of the footy players, like Bailey Smith. Um, so, what we did on the day of uh, the grand final before it started was visit all of these landmarks on foot because it's what we could do is, um, you know, have our pictures right, taken right. with each of the with each of these landmarks. Go to the Witten Oval, have a, a picture there. Go mm-hmm. to each of the murals. And then we'd go to the supermarket to uh, get some supplies, some beers, some chips and things like that to have during the game. And it was the most footscray thing that you could ever imagine. <laughs> we walked, walked, we walked past the kind of like, it's a, a supermarket called Cheaper by Miles. So it's like a kind of a bargain supermarket mm-hmm. where they have 
mostly expired goods and things like that. And Michelle found her favorite biscuits and she bought a whole crate of it. Mm -hmm. So I have this photo of her with her crate of biscuits, which nothing to do with the footy at all, but she's like, oh, I'm going to get the biscuits and me with my beers and my chips and things for the footy in my, in my hand. And I was just like, wrong priorities, really. Well, I, I have, please, please pass along to her that I, I admire her, fr I admire her frugality because I, yes. you know, I'm, it, I'm very, I'm very cheap when it comes to that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, that it's, <laughs> it's, it's, the package says it, it's the quote unquote sell by date. It's not, it's not the, oh no, your, your tongue is going to melt if you eat it after this date. You know, I have, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I mean, I have, uh, I have these, these bars. I actually have a couple of them but, sitting yeah. right next to me that the, the best by date on these were 13th of December of 2022. I had one of them yesterday. Yeah. They're still there. These things are normally for a box of 16 of them. They're, they're normally like $20 a box. I bought, mm. I bought eight boxes of them back in early December of last year. I bought eight boxes of them for $16 <laughs> total. So I bought like mm. 120 of them for like 16 bucks. Mm. And they're, you know, and I just, mm. you know, yeah. Cause I, I, I'm really watching what I've, what I've been eating. Cause I, I don't know if I'd mentioned this to you during the conversation, but I, I, since August of 21, I'm down, I'm down almost 62 kilograms. So mm. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to disappear. Uh, so I'm getting, getting closer. No, I hope you don't, yeah. but uh, yeah, I'm getting closer. I'm, I'm but, sure uh, that you're, you're feeling a lot healthier for oh, it. Yeah. Oh, heck of a heck of a lot yeah. more healthy because and I've mm. had to go out and, you know, I've had to go out and buy a whole new wall of sound dampening because I've donated all of the old clothes that were that were now too big for me. I've just gotten rid of them out of the house, and you know, fortunately, mm -hmm. much of what I what I hung on to were things that I had uh, somehow all of those clothes shrunk previously, and now they all regained their size, so I can wear some of them mm -hmm. again. Yeah, well, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Tim, I'm going to let you go, sir. Here, um, I'm going to go get my dishwasher emptied and. Uh, get settled in to watch Brisbane and North Melbourne. But my guest has been Tim Althred and Tim, I cannot thank you enough for coming on today. This is a, a great conversation. You know, we, I loved hearing your story about, about your becoming a fan and, and your family's involvement with the club and just, and, and I, I think we, I think we did a, a, the the other discussion that we had, I, I think we did it justice. I think we 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 treated that fairly. I think we handled it with the the you know the the respect that it deserves, and I, I think we touched on that well. And I hope people will will uh, will embrace that you know conversation as well because it's it's I think it's an inevitability that that somebody is eventually going to announce that yes, that's me, um, but it, or it's us mm. as the case may be. But it, you know, it's it's yeah, not our place to say group, that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I appreciate you coming on today, man. Thanks so oh, very it's much. It's been fantastic. And it's it's been a pleasure to speak with you because uh, I think my interest in your podcast has been because uh, maybe related to that story of, of me coming to AFL footy as a passionate supporter a little bit later than, mm -hmm. than the majority. And um, it's nice to hear your very fresh perspective on the game and and your passion is it is very much felt over here um, because you have to overcome a lot of 
uh, logistical barriers, but also maybe Tell cultural barriers about about uh, being an American watching AFL in America. Yeah. So it, yeah, power to you, and we and everything you say about you know what America could could do with AFL. Um, I agree with totally, and your guests that you've had on previously to talk about these issues of you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, and I'm I'm. So thank you. I yell, I thank you, and I'm I'm working on getting that out to more NFL fans, and hopefully, you know, bring some more people into the fold too. So, but uh, Tim, again, thanks so much, man. I do appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers, and I hope to see you at the footy sometime soon. Uh, God, I hope I'm there too, man. I really do. I I, I am. All right. I, I I'm I'm hoping that I get there very very soon. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. All right, Tim, I appreciate you taking time out of your morning to sit down and chat with me, sir. I really, really enjoyed that. We, we hit on some key uh, topics there. I, I think that your, uh, your journey to becoming a Bulldog supporter and your wife's journey to becoming a Bulldog supporter is admirable and absolutely love what she's doing for the organization. And, and you know, you're doing a hero's work as well with the profession that is your calling as well. Now, ladies and gentlemen, just a reminder, everything – about the podcast can be found over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. As I mentioned earlier, you can get on the mailing list. You can leave a review. Remember, when you get on the mailing list, new episodes will be in your inbox just a few minutes after that episode is released. If you want to help out the podcast uh, to help keep the lights on, so to speak, you can uh, click on the Buy Me a Coffee button. There's a little yellow circle in the bottom left-hand corner and a white rectangle that says Buy Me a Coffee on the right-hand side there as well. And you could also search out the podcast over on Buy Me a Coffee that way if you wanted to go that route. If you got the idea for a guest for the podcast and maybe you have a unique story because I love being able to tell stories around the game. I love being able to learn why people love the aspects of the game that they love, the clubs that they love, how their local footy clubs run. Just getting into the nuts and bolts of of footy because it's, I think, as I've said many times, the greatest game on the planet. And I love learning about every facet of it. So feel free to drop me a note and uh, let me know. Okay, or fill out the register as a guest page over on my website at yankonthefooty.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, look out for one another. Check up on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Give them a call. If you need to talk to somebody, please reach out to talk to somebody. If you have something that you're dealing with, don't try to deal with it on your own. Get in touch with somebody that can help, whether it's a friend or somebody who's a, a trained professional to help with whatever the issue might be. We want you here. We need you here. The world appreciates you being here, so don't hesitate to reach out. And ladies and gentlemen, I do appreciate the kind words. Uh, I really, really enjoy reading the uh, the comments from many of you on social media. And uh, again, if you'd like to leave a review, it would be a huge help to the show. That would be awesome. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 257 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, you can reach me at yank underscore on Twitter or at A Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook, A Yank on the Footy on Instagram, or search out my name, Craig Wessels, on either LinkedIn or Facebook as well. You can reach me by email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. And you can find everything again at the website, 
a yank on the footy.com. I do hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family, folks. Word of mouth is a huge help to get the uh, podcast into the ears of other people. It's a big, big pond out there, and I'm trying to find my own little uh, corner of it there to get some, you know, get people turning it, tuning in. And those of you who do listen on a regular basis, and there are many, many of you, I, I truly appreciate it. I, I thank this. I thank you for the support and and the the uh, encouragement that you give me doing this. I really, really enjoy that. But uh, I do want to also mention here publicly before I go, I want to uh, thank Peter Lausch for uh, sharing with me. Uh, not only a polo, but also a singlet, um, a jumper from the Waratah Warriors uh, from the Northern Territories. I did wear the polo shirt to school. I teach school the other day. I thought it was going to be too small on me, and it may have been a little tight, but since I've lost as much weight as I have, it did fit. But it's going to fit very, it's going to very fit very much better here very, very soon. That sounded really ridiculous. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here. I do appreciate you listening. Share it with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye.